Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The United States House of Representatives has no interest at all in maybe asking itself what it's doing. They're just moving full bore into the place of impeachment. An impeachment that you have to ask yourself, do they want? Do they want it? Because if they asked themselves honestly and clearly, directly with focus, the answer would be no. They wouldn't want it. What they would want is to give Joe Biden a chance to come in clean and with focus and to be the guy they said he was, which is the healer. They could cement his legacy, not in the first 100 days, but in the first 100 hours. And they're not going to do it. They can't bring themselves to do it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. Still on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, the podcast at Rumble, rumble.com, and everything at TonyKatz.com. I am a big fan of the saying, and I, and I explain this to my kids all the time. The only thing worse than no deal is a bad deal. That is shortly followed by never allow emotion to be your guide, which is sometimes hard to do in this world. If Democrats were seeing clearly, they could see the unifying. Even though many of us would understand it's a myth, they don't believe in unity whatsoever. You just take a look at the way that they're acting, the way to look the media is acting, the way to take a look at the way academia is acting, and you realize, oh yeah, they're not down really for that. But they could sell it, and that sell could be victorious for them. They can't bring themselves to do it. That's obvious. Meanwhile, President Trump... miles of border wall. Sorry about that. That was uh, from a little bit earlier. President Trump departing uh, the White House, uh, not leaving the White House, but departing the White House on a trip and spoke to the press and did some waving at people and people were cheering him. Because, you know, he's hated. You see how much they hate him? Waving and cheering. A whole rope line there. At the South Lawn. Now, this must confuse people because Donald Trump's the most awful man who ever lived. All politics are local, number one. Number two, there's still a massive fan base. I argue, and I have been arguing, that his legacy is murkier now than it was a week ago, really 30 days ago. But don't think the man doesn't have a base. And afterwards, he walks over to the press and answers some questions. So we're going to Texas. We're going to the southern border. As you know, we've completed the wall. They may want to expand it. We have the expansion underway. It's been tremendously successful, far beyond what anyone thought. We're stopping in large numbers the drugs coming into the country for many, many years and decades. Uh, We're stopping a lot of illegal immigration. Our numbers have been very good. There does seem to be a surge now because people are coming up. Some caravans are starting to form because they think there's going to be 
uh, a lot in it for them if they're able to get through, but we're able to stop it. The wall has made a tremendous difference. I think some of you are coming with me, but the wall has made a tremendous difference on the southern border. Uh, as far as this is concerned, we want no violence, never violence. We want absolutely no violence. And on the impeachment, it's really a continuation of the greatest witch hunt in the history of politics. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. This impeachment is causing tremendous anger. And you're doing it, and it's really a terrible thing that they're doing. For Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to continue on this path, I think it's causing tremendous danger to our country, and it's causing tremendous anger. I want no violence. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. And that was a statement right there. He walks off to Marine One, getting cheered the whole way. I don't know what people believe and don't believe about, you know, he incited. No, he didn't. The idea of incitement as a legal principle, not a lawyer, just spoke with people. That's not an easy thing to prove. But impeachment, you know, it's a funny way to say this. Impeachment is not a legal argument. We're not, we're not discussing things regarding how a court would do things or how our jurisprudence, how our law would, would handle things. No, we're discussing what 438 people, 435 people would decide. That's all we're deciding. That's all we have to discuss. Would they do it? The answer is yes. As for this resolution on the 25th Amendment, they can vote all they want. The idea of Mike Pence enacting the 25th Amendment is you, you, I'm trying to think what you would have a better time getting Mike Pence to do, right? I think, I'm, tr I'm trying to think what would be like over the top, Mike Pence doing ads for Bravo is more likely, right? Mike, yeah, Mike Pence as a guest host on Drag Race with RuPaul is more likely than, than him engaging the 25th. Now, I will say this. There is something to be said for resignation. I am not saying that that's what President Trump should do. Rather, the argument does have a validity that if he were to resign, Mike Pence would pardon him. He didn't commit a crime. I'm fine with you saying that. I can hear you through the radio. But that does not mean he still won't have to deal with impeachments. So why not put this whole thing to rest? Resignation, Pence in, a pardoning a la Ford, and you're done. The problem is Trump's never going to do that. I would, I, would be, I would be equally as shocked to see Donald Trump sitting next to Mike Pence judging on RuPaul's Drag Race. He won't do it. And that's why now it's up to Biden to be the leader. And Biden shouldn't want this. It's a mistake. 
We're not we're having we are having the bare bones at the bar, sipping a bourbon, smoking a cigar, political conversation. We're not discussing whether or not you think Trump did this or Trump didn't do that. It's irrelevant. We're here now. That's exactly the way the Democratic Party should be thinking, and they're not. And that also has a lesson to it. It has a lesson to it because you see with your own eyes the viciousness. They cannot stop. If Trump is so damaged, if Trump is so hurt, if Trump is so harmed, why this need to have the impeachment to prevent him from running for office again? What, what, what are you doing? What, what in the world are you doing? If he's no big deal, why are you making such a big deal? You look weird. Really, really weird. You look desperate. You look bloodthirsty. As a matter of fact, that's how I'm going to describe you. I'm going to describe this moment and say, man, that's some bloodthirsty stuff, right? Usually I could just go back, you know, into the into the Wayback Machine and not even have to go that way back. Anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Incitement? No? Huh. Huh. Weird. But bloodthirsty. Oh, yeah, that was obvious. It's been obvious for a couple of years now. It's been very, very obvious. They're making a mistake, and they can't see their way out, and it will be used against them. What do we always talk about, guys? The left always overplays their hand. Even when it's delivered, they can't see their way clear. They cannot figure it out. And here they are again, making the same exact mistake. Well, Tony, it got them the presidency and the Senate. No, no, something else got them the presidency in the Senate. I mean, if we're being honest about what's happening here, that's a whole nother Trump conversation for another time. I'm Tony Katz. Could we please focus on the coup that was attempted? It would be really helpful if we could focus on the coup, right? It, it, a coup attempt happened in the United States. It got a headline in the New York Times, and everybody else seems to have forgotten uh, that it happened. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good uh, to be with you. Here, let me read you the headline. I mean, I mean, I know you saw it, but no one's talking about it. No one's doing anything about it. Pelosi asked the Pentagon about preventing Trump from using the nuclear codes. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you think it was the Capitol riot? A riot, yes. Insurrection, nah. Coup. Without question, no. But the Speaker of the House went to the military, to the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, 
to ask and ensure that President Trump didn't have the ability to do anything dangerous like utilizing a nuclear weapon in the last days of his term. That's a coup. Go get her. Go get her. What are we waiting for? There is a chain of command, and the President of the United States is at the top of that chain. So stop waiting and go get her. You need more backup? I will give you more backup because I'm the kind of guy who loves you. Our election was hijacked. There is no question. Congress has a duty to protect our democracy and follow the facts. That was Nancy Pelosi on Twitter, May of 2017. Our election was hijacked. There is no question. Congress has a duty to protect our democracy and follow the facts. You see, a coup attempt. Somebody get this woman off Twitter and arrest her already for the love of the Lord. Look, I, I, I'm not joking. Uh, n- not, not, not a single joke to be told. What Nancy Pelosi did is beyond the pale, and it requires a response. Because if we're going to, if we're going to be honest about what a coup is, C O U P is by the is how it's spelled, by the way. Well, then here we are. This is it. If you if somebody tries to disagree, well, then they're unserious about the conversation. And you know what they're going to say to you? Oh, don't be silly. Oh, you're just trying to deflect. You can all make arguments about President Trump all you wish. Clearly not a coup as I see it. And I think as rational people see it. But what, what she did? Coup. From beginning to end. Meanwhile, you got people like Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, that's Borat, for those of you playing the home game. He is a, I really do think he prides himself in intellectual. And don't get me wrong, uh, he uh, has has made himself a, 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 a name. He has made a name for himself. He has been successful. No, not a question. Right? Uh, it's not my kind of... I never saw any of the Borat films. That's not my kind of comedy, right? I, I have no interest in in, in, in that. Just, just for me, it doesn't... It doesn't move me. But Sasha Baron Cohen wants uh, YouTube to drop President Trump because he still has a presence there. He still has a presence there. And that's not right. Desperate to protect democracy, he's putting out the tweets that YouTube should should do away with it. Remember, this is the guy who also went after uh, Facebook regarding President Trump. This is not a believer in free speech. This is not a believer in 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 free peoples and free minds. This is a guy who has decided, I know what is right, I know what is best, you do not, therefore, you should listen to me. 
I'm going to pass, and, and I'm, I'm fine with you doing the same. I think you could take a pass on Sasha Baron Cohen as well. But there is this, this real belief that elitists know what's, what's best for you. There's the Project Veritas video that's now out where the principal counsel, meaning lawyer, for PBS, Public Broadcasting System, they, Michael Beller, uh, they have him on tape saying that he's glad that coronavirus is rising in the red states. This was done before the election because, you know, maybe those people won't come out and vote or maybe they'll get sick and die and he laughs a little. And he, he starts, uh, as the video comes out, uh, by saying that even if Biden wins, we go for all the Republican voters and Homeland Security will take their children away. Now, you can make the argument as producer Ari makes the argument. The thing about Project Veritas that is bothersome is that they're taping people without their knowledge. And people might say things to others that they don't actually mean or wouldn't say in real life or, you know, they're just venting or whatever the case may be. But I have, and you may have heard it, discussed the fact that your children are how these people on the political left are going to get their elitism in place, right? Their, their, their rules and regulations. They believe, I mean, there, there is a great number of them that believe, I wouldn't say it's everybody, I wouldn't say it's your neighbor, unless this guy's your neighbor, that you, if you're on the political right, you really need to be re-educated. Do you really think that if they want to take guns, they're going to go door to door? No, they're going to hold on to your children at school until you come and surrender your guns in order to get your kids back, until you beg to get your kids back. And if you think I'm kidding about... Their ideas of things like re-education. And we'll put the children, after Homeland Security takes them away, we'll put them into re-education camps. He said the words. Ah, Tony, it's a private conversation. Okay. It's an insight. It's an insight to the way people are thinking. Now, maybe Ari's got a point. I have private conversations all the time. And I've used language and I've said things and we have cracked wise. But how far off is this? I mean, this is something. PBS's lawyer. I guess it's a private thought. Huh. Alabama 52, Ohio State 24. That's your college championship. I didn't even watch. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I I, I don't know um, if that's, uh, you know, um, if that's a question of my manhood. I just, (laughs) all right. I just haven't. I haven't been watching anything. I have not been watching any football at all. And I don't know how I'm going to be, you know, the NBA season has started. I know they're having some issues regarding coronavirus, right? Uh, They've got some games that have been uh, delayed uh, because of it. It's going to happen. That's that's where where we're at, right? Miami Heat, Boston Celtics, Dallas Mavericks. 
have all been having uh, those, those issues, but eventually th- those things will subside. I just don't know how I feel about going back to a game. I So basketball, see, see football, I, I, even going to a game, I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. The only game that was good, I did Lambeau at the 50-yard line. Nice. Lambeau, I, I've done Lambeau in a box and Lambeau a uh, uh, field level at the 50. That's very, very cool. Outrageously cool. Um, but it's, it's not to me as interesting as, as, as a basketball game. That's, especially if you can get down low, you can afford those tickets. That's a very, very good time. That's really, really impressive, right? Super enjoyable way to watch, but I didn't take a look at football because they're entitled to, to their wokeness. I don't. I don't say no. What I say is, if you tell me that I am guilty for my existence, then chances are we're not going to be friends. That's all. Uh, be, you know, that, that, that's the, like the, the alpha and the omega of it. You're guilty by the color of your skin. You're guilty by your existence. Oh, no, no, no. I don't believe that going out. I don't believe that coming in. So I don't, I don't do those things. Um, and so when we, but if they want to go down that road, that's that's up to them. I can't. All I can do is disagree on 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 the policy and on on the value of it, and leave it there. But don't ask me to now get excited. Don't ask me to get involved in the in in the thing or or, or share it. When the NBA decided that, you know what we're, we're going to do here is we're going to uh, we're going to um, change our jerseys and we're going to put ne- things on the back or put things on the court. Your your league. Uh, I'm just you know staying away, and then they stopped doing it. And so now, what are they? I don't argue that a player can't have a voice. I am not a uh, shut up and dribble kind of guy. It's it's not it's not for me. I would never tell any let anybody tell me I couldn't talk about things. So for example, if you tell people shut up and dribble, right? That's the famous expression. It it really comes from shut up and sing. And I think that really relates to Barbara Streisand. Stop telling us your politics and just entertain us already. Stop telling us your politics and play basketball. Now, I think some guys would be better off if they did more basketball than politics like LeBron James because when he gets a chance to answer questions about his politics, he can't really answer them. He can't really explain to you what's going on in China with the Hong Kongers, with the Uyghur Muslims. But he was sure to say of Daryl Morey, who was the GM of the Houston Rockets at the time, when he said, I support the Hong Kongers, and that created the fight with China and may have cost the NBA a bunch of money. His line was that Daryl Morey was uneducated about the thing. Are we sure Daryl Morey was uneducated about the thing? I mean, that's... I don't know if that's necessarily uh, the, 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 the case. Daryl Morey seems to have a, a, a brain in his head. Um, he's got his... MBA from MIT. That's right. I thought he was a Harvard guy. Nope, just uh, MIT.
But he's uneducated about the thing. That's one heck of a thing to say when you are trying to uh, protect your your fiefdom and your dollars. By the way, you know where Daryl Morey was uh, born there, Producer Ari? No. Baraboo, Wisconsin. Hey! He's one of your people. Love it. Oh, Anything Wisconsin, just send it. Just send it to Ari. It's true. Wisconsin Ari, forty Monument Circle, Indianapolis, Indiana, four six two zero four. You can't even speak out about the horrors facing the Hong Kongers. That's pretty ugly, NBA. That's pretty ugly. And then they decided to to go about you know all these other things. I said, all right, let them. I'm out. But then the new season came, and they weren't putting slogans on the, on the court. I'm like, okay, what now? I don't want to have an anger with the NBA. I, I, the, locally, my, my team is, is the Pacers. I think that organization has done rather a good job for, for the city. I think the city's done an amazing job for the Pacers, by the by. You know, I, 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 I want to see that be successful for the place that I live. And I, and, I, and I think people who have teams should want that. But it's hard to be supportive when you've got people basically accusing you of X, Y, and Z when you did neither X nor Y and you don't even know what Z is. So if they're going to continue down this road of being proactive in accusations well then that's going to keep I think fans away now fan has a couple of ways to look at it because the fan who can afford the courtside tickets is far different than the fan who buys the Nike jersey which puts those players in a unique position that the guy who buys the jersey wants them possibly right you can't say for sure but possibly if you want to play stereotypical odds to have these kinds of of woke conversations but the person who's buying the the uh tickets for the floor wants to see the game and may or may not want all the other stuff i'm never gonna stop and I would never want to stop Malcolm Brogdon of the Pacers from saying the things he wants to say because I would never let him stop me. It's like the people who, who talk, I, was, I, I, I got a little sidetracked, the people who talk the shut up and dribble. That is the same thing as saying I, because I'm white, am not allowed to talk about race. Now, producer Ari would give everything in his pockets if I didn't talk about race. Yeah, He'd be overjoyed if I never brought up race. Me, talk about anything I damn well please. How you doing? Of course I'll discuss race. Without fear, by the way. I'll discuss race with Malcolm Brogdon. And by the way, I've never met the man. I've never met him. We may disagree on things politically. We may agree on a couple things. Who knows? But I don't get to stop him. He doesn't get to stop me. But just like rational people would if if there's a push going on to excoriate me even though they don't know me but i'm getting lumped into a group well then all right i'm out i'll i'll, I'll go over here I'll, I'll i'll i i will not give i will not play around i won't do it that's fine
See how easy that is? I didn't call for the NBA to be shut down. Oh, sure as, as my father would say, sure as God made little green apples. You will see the call in 2021 for radio to be shut down. No question about it. Support your local sponsors. Support your local stations. They're going to need it more than ever. All of this from Alabama kicking the snot out of Ohio State, 52-44. I mean, that's just 52-24, sorry, 44. (laughs) That's giving them way more credit than they should get. I'm Tony Katz. So it made big news that Chad Wolf, the acting uh, Homeland Security Secretary, has resigned. I don't know why. Because he had come out to say how wrong he thought the riots were at the Capitol. And the president rescinded his nomination. Of course he was going to leave. That's not... This isn't even a story. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Rumble. Rumble Rumble.com is where you go to get the podcast. You can also find it at TonyKatz.com if Ari would do his job. Uh, I was passive aggressive of producer Ari. We need you posting the podcast over there at TonyKatz.com. People need it. They need it like like oxygen. Who didn't know that he was going to quit? He's been the acting Homeland Security Secretary. He speaks out, which if you're the president, you should just be fine with. But it's Trump, and he's, he's, that's, that's not who he is. The Trump loyalty thing is, is, is a big thing. It's a big part of, of, of his story, of his deal. And it's part of, I think, what motivates him and part of what hurts him, for, for, for lack of a better word. I don't, th- I don't think I'm speaking at a school when I say that. Like, one of the things that got announced was that um, Vice President Pence and President Trump spoke for the first time since the riot happened last week. They spoke for the first time yesterday. Right? Um, that's on Trump. And this whole conversation of Mike Pence is really angry, well, I don't know how, how you could tell, but the fact that they it took a week for them to meet, that's, that's Trump and that's a problem. You know, even when you look at the timeline of the riots, if your vice president is there at the Capitol and there's rioting and you're not checking in on him, people are going to say, yeah, that's messed up, man. That's messed up. That's too myopic. Now, it could have gone like this. Where's Pence? Oh, they got him out, sir. Okay. And then back to ranting, right? I don't know. I'm not in the room. But yeah, you do some of the things. You pick up the phone and you call. These are the self-inflicted wounds of Donald Trump. They cannot be denied. I never have denied them. Uh, It goes back to the Helsinki press conference. Right? With Vladimir Putin. No, the bad press conference. I know it was okay to say it was a bad press conference. It was. His policies towards Russia... Not only right, but so right that the Biden administration is expected to keep them going. (laughs) Deeds versus words with that man, right? 
But when you don't call, it's be like, hey, you all right, Mike? That's, that is awkward. And so I'm sure that meeting was, was awkward. And somebody wrote it as they had a detente. They didn't have a detente. Mike Pence knows what he's been dealing with the whole time, which gets into a whole Mike Pence conversation. Look, uh, people know the vice president far better than me. I don't know him well. I know him a little bit. I've been fortunate enough to have some interesting conversations with him as vice president and then uh, when he was governor of, of Indiana. And when he first, when I first got here, I was pretty sure he didn't like me. We actually met for the first time on a plane to Washington, D.C. I, I didn't know he knew who I was. I wasn't sure he liked me, right? I do mornings in Indianapolis uh, on WIBC Radio. And, um, hey, how are you? Good to meet you. He was sitting three rows behind me, which made me feel great. And no, producer Ari, I was not in first class at that time. Whoa. I was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a late last-minute flight. I had to do what I had to do. All right, it's, it's totally beneath me. I agree. I fly in a suit. I fly first class. This, I, I don't have cable, <laughs> but I fly in a suit and I fly first class. I have got rules. You want to fly me out for an event, uh, I will happily do it. You can get with producer Ari. He will book it all. Um, but that, that's, just, that's just it. You don't have to pay for the suit. Uh, but the first class ticket, yeah. That's just, just one of my things. I really have I really have nothing else that bothers me. I don't care what the, I I don't care about the rest, right? Well there's there's my fee. There's my there's that. Right? I don't care about it after that. After those two things. I don't care. Um but if 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 Pence is angry about something, I don't even know how there's a way to know, right? There's no way to to know that. He's not gonna let that out. Unless he's with his most trusted, trusted, trusted advisors. That's not going to be me. He isn't going to tell me. Now, maybe after the presidency, when I, when I get a chance to talk to him, maybe he'd tell me something. But he would tell me in confidence, and I'm the guy who's not going to share that story. So I don't know. I can't imagine him, though, having some kind of big, loud, angry, how dare he, how dare Trump, etc. But one of the questions that constantly comes up about Pence is the following. How could he stay with him? It's what Pete Buttigieg, uh, the incoming transportation secretary, would say in the campaign trail. How could Mike Pence call himself a Christian? And I always said, that is why Pete Buttigieg is such a smarmy guy. Low rent and low class. Really and truly. Ugly, ugly cat. And I worry about him having a political future in America. Because that's the line that's despicable, because anybody who has spent any time would ration, would reason. There are two reasons, amongst others, maybe. Number one, let us not deny that Mike Pence is a politician. Not above it all. Wants a career, has this opportunity, sees maybe other opportunities. And that's why he took the opportunity to be vice president. Some people will say he had no chance of winning re-election for governor in Indiana. That isn't true. It just would have been difficult. It would have been a, it would have been a tighter race than he would have wanted at that time in terms of his popularity post some things that happened in the state. But why he stayed also has to do with very much his entire view of the idea of servant leadership. His Christianity is why he stayed. How many stories do we not know 
about when he whispered in Trump's ear or gave counsel here and there and felt if he if we're going to believe all the stories that this is a guy who's unbalanced well I gotta be here to try and help him get some balance now I can't tell you that that is a hundred percent what I can tell you is that fits the Pence narrative fits who he is and I'm looking forward to finding out like is that guy now gonna write the tell-all book if Pence wrote the tell-all book, would you buy it? Yeah, I might too. I'm Tony Katz.